Have you ever wondered how someone stuck in really deep niche drama gets themselves unstuck and has a fabulous niche they love? Well, you want to listen to today's podcast because I have Crystal Heitzma here, who is the parenting coach, and we are going to have a great conversation all about her finding her niche. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Niche Podcast, where we talk about everything related to your niche. It's all about your niche, your mindset, and having a business you love. I'm your host, mental health expert, Veronique Valencourt. Hello, my friends. I am so excited. I have Crystal, the parenting coach here, who is a fellow life coach school graduate. And we are going to be talking about not only her fabulous niche, but how she got there. Because as we were talking about before we started the podcast, she had some struggles in choosing a niche. So I thought it'd be great to have her on. She's a fellow Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yay! And just having met her, just really, really adore talking with her. It's like talking with an old friend. And I am really excited to get started. So welcome, Crystal. I'm so glad Thank you're here. You. As soon as I saw you talking about niches, I'm like, oh, I'm like the perfect person to talk about it because I swirled around in niche drama for a very long time. Yeah. Well, you and me both, my friend, you and me both. (laughs) So first of all, let's just tell me about your actual current niche Yes. and who it is you work with. And when I say current, I mean like, this is it. Like, this is my forever niche. I've been doing it now for a year, but I know that this will just be it forever. I'm the parenting coach. And that's my niche. Some people call it conscious or gentle or connection-based parenting. There's a lot of different terminology that goes around in the parenting sphere, but that kind of parenting, I call it radical connection. I combine that with life coaching tools. So a lot of people, even coaches really struggle with trying to implement these more compassion-based parenting approaches because parenting is really tough. We're like, okay, we kind of have this figured out. We know what what we want to do, but we actually have a really hard time implementing that when we're impatient and angry and frustrated and emotionally reactive because our kids, you know, don't eat the food that we want them to eat or talk back to us or stay up past curfew, all the things that we struggle with. I have young kids all the way up to teens. So my range is five to 15 and most of my clients kind of fit within that realm. Also, usually their kids are around probably eight to 16 year olds. And a lot of them have kids that are neurodivergent. So ADHD, ASD, those kinds of things, which my children also have. It's a great niche. I love it. And I'm going to tell you quickly about my why. The reason that I love it so much is because I love helping the mom because I feel like the mom is like kind of at the top of the home hierarchy and however she feels and however she's responding to things everybody else just kind of falls in line with that. And so when we can change that way that she's responding and make it more responsive versus reactive, it changes the whole tone of the home, right? It just trickles down to every single person. And what I love so much is that we break this parenting generational cycle that we've been in this authoritarian, Mm -hmm. you do it my way because I'm an adult, because I said so, because of no other reason. (laughs) And then giving our children these kind of emotional wounds that they have to then spend decades going to therapy and uncovering and figuring out for themselves. And so I love that 
just changing that one person changes generations of people. So that what I really believe is that the most effective way to raise emotionally intelligent children is to become emotionally intelligent ourselves. And once we do that, then we change everything. Yeah, it is so good. And I'm in such agreement with you and it's so necessary and needed. And like you said, you changed just that you know, because a family is a, basically a mobile, like it, mm-hmm. we're all connected when as a family. And so y- you impact the top of the mobile, basically, and everybody else, it improves the life of everyone. And there's a saying in Texas, I'm not Texan, I'm a fellow Canadian, even though I've lived here forever. But there's a saying in Texas that goes, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is That is definitely true in my home. And it's been interesting to see obviously my transformation, which has been really, really awesome. But also to see my clients have that same transformation where they want to love parenting and they want to love motherhood, but they kind of secretly hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then eventually do come to you know love themselves and love their parenting. And I was telling this to a client the other day, but I was like, sometimes I sit there and look at my kids and I like actually tear up because I enjoy them so much. Whereas before definitely the tears would be coming because I felt like I should be enjoying this and I don't at all. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not what I want to be doing with my life. And now it totally is like, I just love it. And I know how to move on from, you know, mistakes and failures because that always happens. I do not teach people how to be perfect parents (laughs) because that is not the goal. I teach us. It doesn't exist anyway. (laughs) It doesn't. Right. And imperfect parenting is a gift we give to our children because we teach them how to deal with imperfections. So that's a lot of what we do and helping us to stop being so emotionally reactive and respond more intentionally. And what's interesting is if you know the model, if you know how we coach people, every time that I can process somebody through what they're thinking and how they're showing up as a mom, and we can kind of process through that whole thing. And then we move to something more intentional. And I'm like, okay, let's go back to that situation. How could we have handled it? Everything in their A-line. So all of their actions that they then take from a feeling of compassion and love and curiosity, that kind of energy that we want to be in is all connection-based parenting. And even if they have never read any of the books, which I have, I've read all the books, but most of my clients haven't read a lot of those books all of the actions that they give me are the actions from the books that they've never read. It blows my mind every time. That's one of the reasons I loved it so much is that I was like, what? How did they know all the things? So I really believe now that it comes naturally that you know when we're parenting from that energetic space, that this kind of parenting is very natural and intuitive. Yeah. And I love that you're able to incorporate the model, which is a tool that we learn and teach at the Life Coach School in a way where you're like, well, there's a pattern here. This is what we do intuitively. Mm-hmm. That just makes me so happy yeah. to hear the that. The first time it happened, I was like, this what? is awesome. And then I started doing it more and more and more. And I was like, every time it blows my mind. Every time I love it. That's awesome. Okay. So here's the big question that everybody on the podcast is going to want to know. How did you choose that niche? And what was the process that got you there? How'd you figure it out? Because you had some niche drama and we were talking about that. um, (laughs) Yeah, some, some. Okay. So this will be an interesting episode because not only was I a niche drama, I am a huge action taker. I'm a like, let's take action before we actually think about what action we're taking, which sounds like it might be really helpful, but also means I take a lot of scattered action sometimes. So 
I had already created my first group course before I certified. I should also back up and say, I didn't have any life coaching experience at all. I did my undergraduate degree in psychology. I was looking for a master's program. I'd never heard of life coaching ever. And somebody had invited me to an evening that was like a relationship seminar that somebody was putting on that had been certified through the life coach school. And I immediately was like, oh, like life coaching. That's actually what I always thought of in my mind. I have a mom and a sister who are therapists and I know what therapy is. And I never was in my mind thinking about that. I was always thinking about working with people that were fairly stable and fairly doing okay, but wanting better relationships. It was always relationships that I had thought of. Fast forward, I sort of, <laughs> I found the life coach school, had no idea what I was doing, signed up like right then and didn't even know what life, <laughs> what a life coach was the week before. You're so, a quick start. In... Yes. <laughs> my life was really aligned for that point. Like I had already planned on spending this money in my master's program. I planned on being in school for like years. I was just going to do it part-time over five or six years because my youngest at that time was really little. I want to say she was like two or three. So I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm not going to be working for like a while. Anyway, so I certify right away and I was practicing a lot. I just coached as many people as I could. Some weeks I was coaching up to 15 people free during certification. And so I got really good at it right away. I loved it. Before we even certified, I'd created my first course. And my first course was a parenting course. Of all the things that I could have chosen, (laughs) at that time, I had no idea what I wanted my niche to be, but I just thought, what do I know a lot about? This is what I know the most about. Somebody had said, what could you talk about for 17 hours and not stop? And I was like, oh, parenting, easy. That was my first one. I think part of the reason I didn't go with parenting as a niche is because I was still experiencing my own transformation. I was still in the middle of the change that was happening in mine and my child. There was one child in specific that I was really struggling with. So I was right in the middle of that still. So I had a lot to say, but I still hadn't really come to my own transformative process. Fast forward a little bit. I created another course on business then create another course on helping people with stopping overeating, then revamp my course on business, then create another parenting course. Anyways. And when I say course, I don't mean like I'm just teaching them live and that's it. I mean like PDFs, modules, pulling them all up into a beautiful platform. Like they were solid. I did one on emotional intelligence for teens and tweens. Cause I thought they should need to be teaching this to kids. And I looked for something for my kids. And I couldn't find anything that was interactive. It was like, here's this journal, which I loved, but I'm like, my kids aren't journal. I have three boys, I should say. And then a little girl, my boys are not into let's sit down and think about our thoughts and feelings and then journal right for hours. (laughs) No, I'm with you. I've got two sons myself. I get that. (laughs) Right. That was not going to work for them. So I was like, Hey, I'll create this course. I also launched a membership which was for moms, but it was just general. It was just like, let's you know love ourselves more and change our relationship with ourselves. So for the whole first year, I was kind of holding on to all these different things, eventually kind of narrowing them down. I got coached by several amazing coaches, Jody Moore and then Brooke Castillo. And by this time I had two, I was like, I love business and I love parenting. And those are the two things I want to kind of focus on. And I was trying to hold both of them But then I had drama about holding both of them because people always tell you to pick one. So then my drama was about the fact that I wasn't picking one, One, which then was kind of slowing me down. And when I really sat to think about it, I mean, being coached by them was really helpful. And I'm sure that kind of helped shift my mindset around it. I just thought, what do I love? Like, what am I passionate about? And even though I loved talking to people about Instagram and how to grow on Instagram and, you know, hashtags and all these interesting things that I had taught myself and learned about. 
And I loved seeing their businesses grow as a result of that. It wasn't what lit me up. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the thing. And I knew it wasn't the thing, but I had this idea that it was easier to sell. For me, it was. It was easier to sell business. It was easier to show them their results. And I just thought, if I want to make a lot of money, I need to be a business coach, (laughs) not a parenting coach where I'm trying to convince people that there is a problem and then help them with their problem, right? Anyways, but I just kept going back to like, what do I love doing and what really lights me up? And what do I feel like I want my legacy to be that I'm like leaving people? That is really when I kind of honed in on my why, which I had told you about. That's kind of when I really got settled on that. And so about one year ago, almost exactly a year ago is when I decided, okay, all right, that's it. Like I am only doing this one thing and just settled on it and decided not to turn around and look back. So that's when I claimed my title of the parenting coach, changed my handles and everything. And I just changed all of the things and just went all in on that. And now I've been doing it for just about a year. Wow. Okay. So I have a couple questions. What do you think the thoughts were that kept you spinning in niche drama? I'm curious because I want to see if they're similar to the ones that I typically see that come up with the clients I I work. And what got you out? Like something got you out. I think they were all interesting. I'm interested in a lot of things and I didn't want to feel tied down. I also think part of what helped me onto business is that it was easier to sell. And it was one that I made a lot of money doing. Like I made more money in my business coaching than I did coaching moms. That was one of the things that kind of held me back. But I think a lot of it is I have this brain that likes to do so many things. And I just didn't want to tie myself down to just one thing. Like I love to be a spontaneous person. I love to be adventurous. And part of that is having lots of different ideas. I had this coaching program, Positive Intelligence, that I was recently in, and he was talking about all these different kind of brain things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah I've been in that. Uh, uh, Shirzad. Shirzad. So yes, his he, name is... Say it again because Shirzad I didn't... Shirzad Shamin, and it's called PQ. It's Positive yes, Intelligence. It's fabulous. And as he's describing all these different brains, and he's talking about this one called Restless, and he says, Restless people start digging a hole and then they think the hole's not working. So they dig another hole and they dig another hole. And then they end up with seven holes that never go deep enough to get to like what they're digging. Oh, wow. And I was like, as he was explaining this, he was like, so you might find yourself signing up for courses that you never fully finish. His course was one I never fully finished. And as he was explaining it, I was thinking, this is the only reason I signed up for this. I shouldn't even be in this course right now. It actually helped me stop his course and focus on things that I had already done. But it was very, very helpful for me because I just thought that's the part of my brain. So I don't know what the thoughts are specifically to that, but it was just like, oh, this sounds like a good idea. Let's try this. Oh, this might be fun. And oh, this might work. Maybe underneath it all, I was thinking this isn't working or something, right? And trying to... Or maybe I'm just curious, maybe a thought of like, I've got to find the right one or Mm -hmm. I don't want to constrain or there's just Definitely, I don't want to constrain. Yeah, I definitely was like, I'm not just going to pick one. And I kind of have slightly of a rebel personality of like, if somebody tells me I can't do something that I want to do it. And they told me don't start with group coaching programs. And I'm like, I'm going to start with group coaching. So I did. <laughs> don't start a membership and tell you, you know, have a full list and a wait list and all these things. And I did that also. I did all the things they tell you not to do in the first year. <laughs> Didn't choose a niche, you know, anyways, it was the path that I needed to take though, so that I could Absolutely. come to a conclusion and be so solid in it. So good. Oh my goodness. Such good stuff. And so then what do you think the thought was that pulled you out? Like what was the thought that got you thinking 
okay, this is what I'm going to do. You said you got some coaching from some folks. Yep. That that definitely helped. What do you think it was about that coaching or what was the thought that sort of like allowed you to get out and say, okay, this is it. I heard you say something like, this is what really lights me up more than anything. Yeah. Uh, I think that was always what I was trying to go back to because I knew that I was doing too much. It's interesting because I'm really into minimalism in my life. Like (laughs) outwardly, I'm like a huge minimalist. I have a very small wardrobe. We have very few toys, even with four kids and homeschooling them. We actually travel full-time right now, which even before this years and years ago, I got into minimalism and I loved it. But in my business, I'm not as great at being a minimalist in that area. And so I think part of it was in an effort to simplify and to focus. I found myself really losing focus. Like the second time that I sold my business coaching program, I got very mixed results. The first time when I was really all in, I got huge results. And then the second time when I was kind of like waffling, like, should I be doing this? I don't really know. Pitched the exact same program with the exact same launch and sold like one instead of like 15. Like it was, I I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was very significant. And I think it really was then that I was like, look at this result that I created. Like my husband was kind of like, what went wrong? You know, like he couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, I know exactly. It was my thought, right? I had this thought that was like, I don't really know if I want to be doing this anymore. And that's the result that I created. So it was right around then that I just decided, you know what? I need to pick one. And I already knew, like, it wasn't even necessarily a thought. It was like deep down, like it was there. I think it was always there. I think it was just probably a lot of fear in how am I going to make this successful? How is this going to be successful when it's harder to sell? It's so fascinating. Those are all thoughts because I know (laughs) even those are all thoughts because initially, like, as you're talking about this, my first thought is, I think parenting is so much easier to sell than business coaching. (laughs) There's so many business coaches out there. There's not that many great parenting coaches, but it's just so funny how like, I know, you know, know. my brain was just like giving me all of the thoughts as to why I shouldn't do that. Like that it was just going to be really hard. So focusing and making it specific really helped, but then there's even more drama, right? Like you think that once you pick something that it'll be easier, but there's still like trying to figure out my copy and my program. And I'm still dealing with that my brain likes to clutter up my business and how do I make it more simple? And if I really believe in minimalism, how can I add that to my business. So one of the things when I am coaching folks on niche, on their niche that I tell them is we think, especially I think within coaches, because they make such a big deal at the life coach school about choosing a niche and constraining. Mm -hmm. We think somehow that once we get over the hurdle of a niche, that like all the drama will go away and we will live happily (laughs) ever after. And what I always like to point out, and I'm sure you know this, but like what I always like to point out is that actually what it happens is it's more like you're running a race or, you know, skipping if you want or walking a race Mm -hmm. and there's a hurdle and you've got to get over it. And the first one oftentimes is your niche. But Mm -hmm. what no one tells you is that after you have the niche, then it's the copy drama, then it's the colors and the branding. Then it's the, how do I get clients? Like, and for everybody it's different, but the one thing that never goes away, I suspect, at least in my experience is that brain drama. It's always there. (laughs) It's always there. And part of learning to be a coach or of learning to be an entrepreneur in any field is knowing that, you know, I've been a therapist for 25 years life coaching is I've been doing it for 10 years. The drama never goes away. 
It never I know, goes. And I remember hearing other coaches get coached who were over the million dollar mark and thinking, well, surely they don't have brain trauma anymore. And it was fascinating that not only did they, some of their thoughts were exactly the same thoughts, keeping me stuck from getting to my first goal, right? Like I want to pass that like hundred K mark. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting that it's like the thoughts are so similar that obviously I'm just going to have with me the whole way. (laughs) I say it's the 50, 50. I think it's the 50, Mm -hmm. 50 of your experience of being in business and life in general. And then the other thing to think about is we were sort of raised on this idea of, especially in our culture of happily ever after, like Mm -hmm. I'll be happy when I graduate high school. I'll be happy when I graduate college. I'll be happy when I meet the one. I'll be happy when I have kids. And like, if you look at it, like we keep deferring that happiness or thinking it's going to come with something external and it doesn't. And our brain is wired that way. Like our brain is wired to keep us safe. You know, of course that that's there, but it's disappointing because you're like, will it ever end? Will it ever end? Yeah. And it doesn't but it's always such a new path to growth. Like I think of the growth that happened. I don't think I could have been the parenting coach when I certified. Like, I don't think I could have like claimed that title and really been it because I hadn't gone through my whole transformation. I was still right in the like messy middle, like, you know, closer to the end, but not fully there. And once I was, I was like, oh, okay. Like this is it. I hadn't fully applied the tools that I was learning to that experience. So even though I had gone through most of the transformation, I hadn't really gone the whole way. So as I'm building my business, I'm simultaneously totally changing my relationship with my son that I was struggling with. And as I saw that kind of come to fruition and my thoughts about him change and my love for him and my compassion for him and connection with him. And then I saw his behavior change because of that. I was like, whoa, this is like big time stuff. Like this is like life changing. And I think that's part of why I was like, okay, wait, now I have something different to say. My parenting course that I would have taught in the beginning was a lot more information based, right? Like here, let me teach you all the things that I know other experts are saying. Now I believe that I'm my own parenting expert and not just me being the parenting coach, but like every single mom is their own parenting expert and they just need help to tap into what's already inside them. And I didn't know that back then. I wouldn't have been able to teach that or lead that back then. What I love about your niche is that by influencing moms, by being a parenting coach for moms, you're impacting so many people's lives. You're impacting the mom's lives, but then you're impacting like the children's lives and the spouse's lives. And it's got this wonderful trickle down effect. I just love love your niche. I love it. I love it. And I didn't ever love it before. And I was just, we were just talking before this call, but I had just gone to a coaching event and somebody was asking about what I do. And he he was saying like, I just love going to events like this where everybody is trying to change the world. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of told him my like change the world speech. And when I talk about it, I often get teary eyed because I'm like, it's amazing that I get to do this, that people Mm -hmm. trust me enough to be part of their journey and help them through. And the things that I've been able to help people through are huge, way more than even what I was dealing with, right? Kids in the hospital, kids that have been suicidal, kids going through transitions, kids pulling knives on their parents because they're so emotionally reactive themselves. And I remember at the time, a lot of my thoughts thinking, this is too much. Like this isn't something I can help with, but the tools really work they really do change lives and being able to see that transformation and see exactly what you said, it trickle down to so many people is just the best. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> the end. It's the best. <laughs> so if I said to you in one sentence, one nugget, what would be the advice you have for life coaches who are starting out and trying to decide on a niche and are struggling with it? I think to lean into the struggle, I think the more that we resist it, it's just like emotions, right? We just push that beach ball that's trying to float on the surface, just back down again. So I think that we just lean into like, okay, this might take a little bit, but that's okay, brain. It's like tension. We can be in this middle tensions part of discomfort and just lean into that anyways. And then just believe that it will happen because I think that tension space, I tell people this a lot about parenting, but I think that tension, that middle part is the void. And when we're in that void is when our brain starts to feed us the really important stuff where we get those aha moments, like those little bits of like intelligence where we're like, oh yes, like here it is. And I think that when we're on either side of it, it's hard to get that to get that eye-opening, life-changing type of information. Yeah. So it's like an accepting of where you are. It's mm-hmm. a quieting, <laughs> instead of freaking out, quieting and listening and being okay with not having the answer right there in the moment and waiting to see what evolves. I love that. That's really, yeah. really good. Oh my goodness. Okay. So tell everybody on the podcast where they can find you. I love it. I actually coach a lot of coaches because <laughs> I mean, we all have brains and a lot of us are moms. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's helpful. I love my podcast a lot. So I would go there first. It's called the freedom moms podcast. And I combine these connection-based parenting approaches with life coaching tools. I'm just wrapping up a bunch of interviews that I did with a lot of different parenting experts, which has been really fun. And I also hang out a lot on Instagram. So my Instagram is the.parenting.coach. And I love to answer people's questions there. Like I have a lot of just conversations in my DMs with people, just giving them some kind of tips to get started. So come find me on Instagram. I'm there a lot every day. <laughs> uh-huh. Wonderful. And if people want to work with you, how do they get to work with you? In yeah. So I take on a few one-on-one clients and that would either be for moms or for couples. I really enjoy working with couples when both parents are kind of on board with trying to transform their parenting. It's one of my favorite things. So I do take a few regular kind of more long-term one-on-one clients, but I have a monthly group coaching program for moms that's called By Design. And it is so fun. So oh, those are, I bet those you it's fabulous. I, I think it's fabulous. <laughs> it's it's taken a while to really get there when I was like, what should I be teaching and coaching and whatever? But it's really, really great. So good. Such a treat to talk to you today, Crystal. Thank it's you. like we're old friends and we get to I have this it. conversation. And I love your niche. I love everything you have to say. I will say as we wrap up, if folks are interested in learning more about how to get their niche dialed, The place to look for me is My Perfect Niche on Instagram. And I have a course that's called Dial Your Niche in Five Hours. My clients say saves you a lot of time, years. (laughs) It can take a long time. (laughs) This course really works. I've got it down to a system. It's a system sort of like you were talking about, like I had to figure it out for myself. It's the system I use. It's a system I use with my clients. I've used it one-on-one and in groups. And now I have a passive course that offers it. And so come and check me out on that. And Crystal, thank you so much. Such thank a treat. You. Thanks for having me. And I'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>